Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Mark Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. Good evening. Yes. I have a problem. Oh, shit. (laughs) For the first time in my history as a podcaster, I have fucking hiccups. (gasps) Are you serious? I I never even thought to dread this. You know what's so funny is I went to the gas station um, last night to pick some stuff up. And um, the guy that was working the register... He said something, and I was like, excuse me? And he was like, oh, I've had these hiccups all day long. And I was like, oh, you need to suck on a line with a little bit of bitters on it. And he was like, what'd you say? <laughs> it's oh like everybody's God. been telling me to hold my breath. Everybody has something. So yours yeah. is a lime with bitters on it? Yeah, but mine's 100%. Really? Everyone thinks theirs is 100%. I have well, enough humility to know that mine is only like 70%. No, mine's 100% because really? I bartended for years. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I've encountered a lot of hiccups. Yeah, you have some credentials here. Yeah, and it's worked every time. You just God, I bet you were such a good bartender. I miss it. I really miss it. That's perfect for you. My family's thing is that you light a match and then you dunk it in a cup of water to put it out and then you drink the water. So is it like a sulfur or Probably, a charcoal yeah. type no, thing? Yeah, that it makes sense. Be. It's pretty effective. I'd say it's about 70%, but I don't have any matches. And the audio guys is really dumb. I'm, he swears on everything that if you simply say to yourself and mean it, hiccups go away, they'll go away. Oh. It works for him. <laughs> I had somebody in my first pregnancy tell me that most of the pregnancy annoyances were in your head and that you could talk yourself out of them. Okay, that's a whole different thing. Well, it's on the same level for me. You cannot talk your (laughs) fucking self out of hiccups. He can, though. He actually can. I've seen it happen. Well, then he's faking hiccups to prove a point. Ooh, I like that conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm serious. That is what he's doing. Don't fall for it. Okay. I'll never fall for it again. I'll send you some bitters. The limes are on you. They won't make it without rotting. I think my hiccups have gone away. So maybe the thing is podcasting. Maybe that's the new hiccup remedy. Or it's just even thinking about my lime and bitters. (laughs) Maybe that's what did it. Speaking of podcasting, I've got um, a bone to pick with both of us. Oh, no. We just... Do you realize that we just missed the anniversary of our podcast conception? Okay, here's the thing. (laughs) It did sneak up on me, but I did know about it. I just, there's been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on. And the reason why I know the conception is because it's on Josie's birthday, my son's birthday. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I'll allow it. I did not know, but then somebody in our mom group asked us tonight. Um, We've had we... two posts about our podcast in the mom group. Have you noticed that? I don't think so. I think I just saw the one that asked about if we knew each other before. It's like the family members that are like, yeah, 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 I'll listen to your podcast, and they never do. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> once you've like established yourself a little bit, they're like, oh, you have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I had somebody, um, a friend recently, message me and say, um, I'm sorry that I'm listening to your podcast for the first time. I didn't think I could listen to a friend's voice in a podcast. I thought it would be too weird, but it's really good. <laughs> Aww. After the Oceaneer Club post, she went back and she saw that and she went and listened to it and had to message me and apologize. <laughs> she was just not listening. Um, so I don't know if she's still listening or if that was a one off. Hi, Samantha. Uh, no hard feelings. I really don't think I could listen to a friend's podcast. Honestly, it would be weird. I don't think so. I, I went. See, I feel like everybody needs a podcast. Um. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I do. And I don't think I mean. That's I would very just nice of you. <laughs> I think everybody has something to say, mm, but some of it needn't be said. <laughs> Does Donald Trump need a podcast? I ask you. He's someone. Uh, you're right. Okay, that's valid. <laughs> we got a, a a really cool um like tweet. Uh, let me pull it up. So somebody had tweeted. They were like. Name a podcast that you listen to that features a minimum of 50% women, not just sometimes, but always. And we got tagged in it. Really? Um, yeah, with... I never see this stuff because I'm not on Twitter. With, um, like, five other podcasts. And it says, um, she wrote, I don't know if it's a she, so I shouldn't even say that. She goes, all women, all the time. And yes, we should ask ourselves why women dominate in true crime, but not anywhere else interesting which i think is like a really awesome question yeah and it just huh. and I, I guess that's kind of my stance like everyone should have a podcast and there's so many like different niches i can like, think I of a hear lot it. of someone's who don't need to have their thoughts heard i still want to <laughs> produce a map podcast you got any takers on that one <laughs> i mean i'll listen to it <laughs> Do what I did. Just just awkwardly go into your favorite group and hint around for someone to start a podcast with you. And a year later, here you'll be. I love it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. I know. I went and looked it up after that post asking about, uh, you know, how this came to be. And I was like, I wonder when that was. It seems like it must have been right around now because I know we dropped end of May. And I want to say it was about six weeks from start to finish. And I searched, and I found it, and it was April 2nd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this time last year, we were three days pregnant with this podcast. Oh, look at it now. <laughs> it's so tiny. Baby. It's a toddler. It's a toddler. We're forgetting. Um, it's walking. We, I am. I'm forgetting Mike's, like. It's putting marbles in its mouth. Yeah. 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 We're definitely toddler stage. It's having its first haircut. Oh. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. Is it? Do you think it's not? No. Really? You think it's a boy? Yeah, because it gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
there. <laughs> I have three girls and one boy and one and a half. One and a half. Yeah, this baby's coming soon and it is it is a boy. But yeah, I don't know. Uh my girls are chill. I know when they're getting trouble. I know what to expect. My son, on the other hand, is going to put me in an early grave. Hmm. I've just recently spent many hours baby-proofing some steps. We've lived in this house since, what, October now? God, has and it really been that long? I think it's, yeah. I mean, I we were here for Halloween. Oh, my God. And uh, so our, our stairwell... There's like a hallway on the second level, but it kind of opens up so you can see the living room. And we, when we did the walkthrough, we had like the banisters fixed and all this stuff. And we thought we were good. We've been here since October. The kids have managed to step steps. We've never lived in a place with steps, but everything was going good. So we have our couch. It's a sectional and the chase end of it kind of is situated under where you can look up and see like the railing of the steps. Well, my son figured out that he can fit through the fucking bars Mm. and he has jumped. He fucking jumped. Your son just gave every mom listener anxiety. (laughs) He jumped. If these are, it's eight foot high from that where that balcony is it's, it would be like a normal ceiling height did you he think j- about that when you put your couch there or was that just the only place to put your couch no and he he did this intentionally mind you he just turned three the other day a little shit and you know normally i would be like fuck like this is embarrassing but like there's no, no way it's we've been here since I mean, october on. like i'm gonna be baby proofing my house until they're like not living here anymore but yeah he there's one that's a little bit wider than the other and yeah not mark safe for my fucking kids <laughs> he he did it intentionally um he just recently learned how to jump off of a bunk bed which is a lower bunk bed so i think he just got a little ballsy and was like hey you know the rush is over on this bunk bed i need some more i need to heighten it so, yeah, he jumped on the fucking couch. He's not ever going to do that again because he can't <laughs> have it locked down. God bless it. But yeah. Check your fucking spaces, guys. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, they'll find somewhere, though. And it's like if you start. I'm, I don't know. I'm not trying to discourage. There's a train in the background. Do you hear it? Yeah. yeah. This is my son. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I'm not trying to discourage people from baby-proofing their homes, but I feel like at least, I don't know. They're going to find something. They're going to find something. It's not going to be what you think it's going to be. Like jumping off a fucking stairwell. Like Adelaide is, you probably know, a bolter. She has always been a bolter. She is um, entirely feral, has been since the day she was born. No impulse control whatsoever. And I mean, she's just, she's not a kid you would let go of in the parking lot. That's for sure. And I live my life accordingly. I have everything very, you know, locked down and, and planned out. And I, I think about this constantly and I, I'm very, things are very Adelaide proof. But do you know what her most recent injury was? What? 
we have a corner of the kitchen table that's kind of close to the corner of the counter, like enough that a kid could get one hand on each corner and you know right. be between them. And she'll put one hand on the corner of the kitchen table and one hand on the corner of the counter and lift up with her biceps and just swing back and forth. Oh, yeah. My, so, my girls like doing that shit, yeah. too. So if she swings forward with too much momentum and her hands slip, she'll just fall backwards directly onto the back of her head on a freaking cement floor. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that's that. She rang her bell real good that way recently. And I mean, is it anything that I ever could have or would have Adelaide proofed? No, it's the floor. Yeah. But she will find a way to kill herself. Yeah, when the when the whole flying baby Maybe thing happened. Maybe this is happened. why I think our podcast is a girl. Because <laughs> that's my daughter. Yeah, so I didn't, I wasn't, Cody was actually home. Yeah, he's, he's a workaholic, so he's either in his office working or he's at work. But like, we were doing something. We I think we were like either in the kitchen or the bedroom. We were talking about something and we hear Josie cry and but it's not like um you know your kids cry when they're oh, hurt yeah. and his little cheek was like a little red and i'm like what happened and he was like i jumped and i was like what do you mean you oh jumped oh my god he just came and told you he did it i no we heard him cry and but, i walked out but you didn't out. like see him do it he just walked away no, he was on the couch. Oh, my God. That little dipshit. Like, we walked in right after. Oh. And I was like, what do you mean you jumped? Because he does jump on the couch, but he yeah. doesn't hurt himself. That's my other kid. So, <laughs> he, uh, so, Aria goes, yeah, he jumped. And I'm like, where did he jump? She was like, from the sky. I just oh saw a flying baby. Oh, my God. And then I was like, what do you mean he jumped from the sky? And she was like, oh. all I can say is I saw a flying baby and he started crying. No, she did not. Yes. And then so all I Abby- can say is I saw a flying baby. Mm-hmm. And so then Abby goes, oh, mom, I saw it. And I was like, you did. And, and I was like, so did he jump? Because we have the end tables. I'm like, he jump off the table? Did he climb on the damn table? (laughs) Oh, no. No, Mom. Let me show you. Were they going to come tell you? Or were they just waiting to tell the tale? They would have told me if he was injured. Because they're really good about that. Um, But he was fine. So they just were like, whatever. Let's just keep eating our snacks. And so... Abby just marches up the steps and she's like starting to reenact it. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? She kind of peeks her little toe between the bars. And I'm like, you know, you're not allowed to do that. And she's like, mom, I'm showing you what Josie did. Oh my God. So yeah, no, he, I mean, this is the kid that like would get in the fridge and open a jar of salsa and eat it by the spoonful. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it w- you won't be surprised to know that when we first started this podcast, I bought um, a mic stand so I could stand up and podcast. It's still so weird to me that you podcast standing. Are you standing up right now? Today's the first day I'm sitting down. The first day ever? 
I think I sat down like maybe the first one or two episodes and I couldn't handle it, but I'm fucking worn out now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting down podcasting today. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. But yeah, so that was my last week, but today was fucking nuts too. What happened to you? Well, Aria was playing outside and I'm from Kentucky. I grew up in Kentucky we don't wear shoes where oh, no. I grew up. I still don't wear shoes, and it would be snowing. But you have like, creatures there. Yeah, but I still I don't wear shoes. Like I don't either. I'm I'm an entirely barefoot human, but we don't have the same level of creatures you do. So, but the, my kids, they're just like their mama. They're barefoot, you know. Like they're outside. They're getting dirty. Like it's what we like to do. And so they were playing outside today and I heard the worst scream of my life. I'm going to have to put a freaking content warning just for the the top of this episode and the stress that your kids are going to cause everybody. Yes. Just Melanie's children. Yeah. <laughs> Child in peril. Yes. 17 so, minutes and 41 seconds. Cody was working from home. He was in his office. It was so loud that he ran out. He heard it from outside. So we go barreling outside and she's racing around back and forth. Like we can't get her to stop. Oh. And like she's like hugging herself really hard. And uh, so I, I don't know. I'm like, did she just like break something or what's going on? And, um, I look down and her foot is like polka dotted. And I'm like, Cody, her feet. My poor fucking kid walked through a fire ant mound and was like eaten alive. And she didn't know how to really react to it, like to brush them off. Because it's like... Once they get a hold of you, they're not going anywhere. They're just going to choo-choo away. You know what I've I mean? I've never, I've never It's like them. one of the worst pains ever. So we're like, Cody's like brushing her off. I'm like trying to get her in the bath. Like her foot is swelling up. I'm like trying to give her Benadryl. Like it's just a mess. So she's been cooped up in my bed all day. So then we did oh dinner. Gosh, which kid did you say that was? Aria. Oh, So then Cody went outside to grab a soda because we have a, you know, just a fridge in the garage. I just throw all the sodas and stuff in there. And uh, this man wears shoes all the time. Oh, my God. Eric, too. He is like the miss. I hate it, too. Guess who didn't wear shoes today? I I feel like you're not at home. If you have shoes on. Like, I feel like he's not really here if he has shoes on. Relax. Like, stay a while. Off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It bothers me. <laughs> Our husbands are the same. Oh, so, God. so, you know, we did a lot of like yard work yesterday. We were like, we trimmed, cut all the palm fronds off our palm trees. And I think he was just worn out. So for like the first day ever, like he's walking around barefoot <laughs> and he goes to the garage to grab a soda this motherfucker steps on a wasp. Oh my god, none of your family is marked safe. None of them. Jesus so Christ. I'm, I had to give him Benadryl. So right now, my whole family, well, not home, my whole family, like 
Not yet. A portion of my family are all drugged up on Benadryl <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> they are all, I have them all camped out in the same bed right oh now. Oh my God. So yeah. Wow. That was a lot of rambling about my. I mean, listen, I feel like flying that could babies. Be the episode. And, that's so much yeah, disaster. Man, fire ants and wasps and salsa eating babies flying from the sky. <laughs> All I can say is I saw a flying baby. Oh my god! How are you? I'm okay. I'm I'm here wrapping up my second week of bereavement. <laughs> Time off of the podcast. Yeah. So we're having Count Dante Part Two tonight, it's and be uh, I will be back with a juicy episode next week. I'm really excited. I already have my next one planned out too. I think I haven't decided. I'm gonna have to hit you up because I don't know if I'm gonna do a compilation or pick do it. one. No, do it. Always do a compilation. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to. I miss your storytelling. Well, it's it's coming back. And I don't I... want to like pressure you because I know you've had shit going on. No, but can, I've greatly can you hurry up? These two weeks to catch my breath. Um, otherwise, I would have had to have maybe gone through legal channels to get some FMLA for my own podcast. Oh, we'd never do that to you. <laughs> I'm completely joking. You have been, in case anyone thinks that uh, I'm serious, Melanie's saved my life and been beyond understanding. Um, Aww. yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm only 90% sure that I'm going to do what I think I'm going to do next week. But if I do, all I'm going to tell you is that I'm going to have to get the audio guide to do a consult. Ooh, is this a, like a Google one? It is something that it's not just ner- it's not a traditional disaster at all, so sorry about that, guys. Hope we're not losing listeners over here. It's really much more in the vein of true crime, and it involves the audio guy's extremely specific, highly specialized knowledge. So, Oh, I am very it's not just intrigued. Knowledge. It's not you know something involving nursing. It's something involving his extremely specialized area of nursing. Well, I'm fucking intrigued. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. It is not going to be frog related at all. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But he, I mean, I don't know. We might even have him be a, a guest. I don't know if I'm going to just he- heavily consult with him. I don't know if I'm going to have him record a segment. I don't know if I might just have him come be on the freaking podcast. I don't know yet. We'll see. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But it's definitely going to involve his brain. Anyway, you want to do animal brackets? Yeah, I'm, you know what? Maybe everything is just meant to be because when you have your episode next week, we'll have a brand new bracket. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh start. I like it. Fresh start. We'll talk about the brand new bracket in a minute, but let's wrap this one up. Okay. Penguin versus koala. <sighs> It's koala. I figured you've probably been sitting on this. Yeah, I've, I've known it was going to be koala. I can't drag this out because I've known for a while. I mean, listen, if it came down to it and I were to touch a pangolin, I think I'd be a little squicked out. 
I do think they're adorable, but I think I didn't that, realize they were mammals. Yeah, they, I mean, they've got, I don't, I don't know that I, I definitely would love to meet one in person and like watch it walk around and be a pangolin. I would love that. I would, I would go far out of my way for that. But I mean, would I really, even if it was friendly, would I really want to pick it up or touch it? Uh, uh, I think it might feel a little bit yucky. I think I'm good on that. And, you know, koalas, they're very cute. I don't know. I don't feel completely good about this because of the chicken situation, but I feel like it would be dishonoring the chicken's memory to pick the pangolin at this point. And, I mean, koalas, have you seen the Izzy's Koala World or whatever it's called show on, I think, Netflix? I haven't watched that one. Oh, my God. It's so freaking cute. It is I so I think we talked about cute. this a I think little we bit have, before. It's yeah. this Australian kid who does, like, koala rehab. I have no idea if it's problematic in some way. I have not looked into that at all. But it's it's so sweet. And my daughter loves it. And she has a special Australia connection because her name is Adelaide. And she loves it. And it's it's very cute. And, yeah. King koala. That's all Golly, I have to say I'm, I'm so excited. <sighs> Our first bracket down in the books. Koala is the champion. This next one's going to be higher stakes for people. Yeah. uh, Man, I already had somebody be like, thanks for nothing with the skunk ape. (laughs) (laughs) Look, there are a lot of Bigfoot offshoots. A lot. Um, so the Bigfoot on the bracket is just going to have to be a catch-all. Hey, I like the Boggy Creek monster. Is this some ongoing controversy that I don't know about? No, I just, somebody was, they were like Florida person here. Really sad skunk ape didn't make it. And I was wow. like, Wow, oh. I didn't see that. I'm like, okay, are we, are we, is this like a, a PR statement about our, our cryptid choices? Cause I, you gotta loop me in on this. I don't know what we're talking about. Well, I already fixed it on social media. Okay. I think. Hopefully she's not mad at me. She's a Patreon. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, fuck your skunk ape. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So. No, we we did get a couple different versions of Bigfoot, and it just if we're gonna do a cryptid bracket. Yeah, I want to go balls it. to the wall we're and about diversity. Yeah, we inclusion. Mm-hmm. It's Including all about inclusion. Diversity. So yeah, I just mixed it up a little bit. I took pretty much every suggestion that came our way. I mixed it in. Um, I added a couple just to balanced to make the matchups good and uh, i think we have a really solid list all right well would you like to introduce the new thing that we are doing this time around yeah so we talked about um letting everybody fill out a bracket and whoever's the closest wins an epic prize and mm-hmm. my love language is gifting. I think I'm really good at giving gifts. So we are going to send you a live cryptid. Whichever one wins is what you'll be getting. Yes. You can put it under your bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's usually where they like to be. If you have a seller, we will include care instructions. Yes. They probably won't pass the um, 
the petting zoo challenge, but... No, no, no. You get what you get. You get what you get. You get what you get. You're going to get your very own cryptid. That would be really cool. I'm like looking at some of them. I'm like, uh, yeah, I would like that. That, (laughs) not so much. Well, I mean, life's a long and winding road and you don't know what you'll get. Yeah. So nobody has, I, I pinned the cryptid bracket on our Facebook page. It's right at the top. You should find it. Fill out your bracket, post it in the comments. You have like a week to do it because obviously you can't enter a bracket after we start doing the bracket. That's fucking cheating. (laughs) And uh, whoever's the closest uh, is the winner. If we have multiple winners, then we're just going to draw and I'm putting together a really awesome cryptid basket for you. We will be considering bribes. Yeah. If if you want to go the route of white chicken with, you know, racketeering or pandering or whatever you might call it. Um, Sending us its yeah. feathers. Yeah. I mean, if you want to send me <laughs> your like fingernail a, clippings or like a scale from Nessie, that would really influence things. <laughs> yeah. We got I like feathers. how you like said a scale from Nessie and I'm like, just send me your fingernail clippings. I mean, listen, I don't, I can't speak for you. We all know who the gross person is in this podcast. We've known that since the scab story. <laughs> Or one of those. I'll take it. I'll start a new collection. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. What if I just had a baby food jar full of listener scabs? Heck, listen. Then I could need to be careful because right now we're still pretty small and our listeners are still pretty normal. But what if we get like my favorite murder big someday? If that happens, I guarantee somebody will do it. So be careful. No. I won't be careful. Wow. <laughs> Send it to me. Well, what if I want to commit a crime? I'll just dump out my baby food jar and... Melanie, that is a crime. <laughs> That's a crime. What's it? No, I'm saying I don't want to get caught. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't tell people to send me their DNA so I could use it for... Well, listen... Terrible F- Listen reasons. to your hearts, guys. All I know is that white chicken sent us feathers so i feel like we will need a body part of a cryptid to influence this so you know do your best do worst do your worst i like that better yes do your worst so yeah please fill out the bracket because i already started getting stuff and somebody (laughs) i want to give it to somebody do you have cryptids locked up already what do you mean? Oh, not a real one. No, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I'm still trying to track down the elusive Rougarou. Okay, well, that's probably why you've had such a chaotic week. Well, it's probably pretty hard because, I don't know, it's Easter, Catholics, and everyone's been on their best behavior. So. All right. Well. I don't know. Speaking of bad behavior. You ready for some Count Dante <laughs> yes, part two? I stay ready for this. Oh my gosh. I love this story so much. I do too. I'm so think glad I'm... that this ended up being a two-part or not just because it meant I got two weeks bereavement. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think I'm going to be Count Dante for Halloween. 
oh my god, you have to. There's, there's not just... one person will get it. But well, it doesn't I, matter. I hope a couple. You'll get it. I mean, I'll get Our listeners will get it. But no one in your neighborhood is going to get it. Yeah, I'm too South Louisiana. Someone just... in my neighborhood would because I don't know if you remember. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers. Last week, I was talking about my best friend's husband who's in the comic book selling world. And I said he would definitely know about it. And we talked about it. And he definitely knows about it. <laughs> So if Did I, you see one of our listeners lives like a block and a half away from yes. where his salon was? It's so cool. Yes, I think it was I the know. salon. Did you know that Bob Ross is from my city? No, but that is darling and yes. I love it. We have, it's like a whole thing. Like, and he, he wasn't just like born here and then I'm not sure if he was even born here. We have the Bob Ross experience here, which is like a, it's a whole, it's his studio, I think. I'm packing my bags. And moving here? No, I'm just gonna come for a visit. Listen, Melanie. Okay. The fire ants are not Yeah, we have a we have a Bob Ross museum here. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. Yep. We could all use a little Bob Ross in our mm-hmm. lives. Yeah, it was uh the joy of painting was filmed in my extremely tiny obscure city. I love that so much. <laughs> anyway let's get to count dante all right so we're part two we are now in 1968 and count dante wants to give his full contact tournament another go and he's getting some media attention okay the tabloid called national informer in parentheses truthful news of all facts of life graciously gave count dante the front page it's a big deal which he so deserves Mm -hmm. the headline reads the world's deadliest fighter is a hairdresser (laughs) count dante is posed behind a woman sitting in a salon chair and he's like holding her face like she's some sort of like game show prize (laughs) I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. Interestingly enough, this is the same photo that Count Dante used on the very last page of his book, World Deadliest Fighting Secrets, that I talked about last week. Mm -hmm. I know this is the last page of his book because I went ahead and ordered a reproduction. (laughs) Oh, my God. Listen. I don't know if it's the printing of the reproduction that's so terrible or if the original printing of it was terrible. <laughs> so I'm still in the market to find the original version of this. And I'm still sending off for my my coupon from of the ad. You are. I am. But yeah, so if you see an original copy, let me know so I can track it down. Okay. So the subhead of this tabloid cover page reads, will Cassius Clay accept Count Dante's challenge? You know who that is, right? It's Muhammad Ali. Yes, I did actually know that. I I can't believe I knew that, but I did. He's from Louisville. Really? Yeah, he's a big deal there. (laughs) So 
I promised last week that we would get back to Count Dante and Babes and Playboy Bunnies. Yes. The Playboy Bunnies were actually Playboy Club Bunnies. It's the same difference, maybe. Hugh Hefner opened the Chicago Playboy Club on Leap Day, February 29th, 1960, It's super well-known or was well-known for its sirloin steaks and the waitresses. They dressed up like Playboy Bunny in their Playboy Bunny costumes. And they basically like served the food and passed out cigarettes. Okay. It was like. Can I interject here and tell you that one time the audio guy and I went to a hotel for like a getaway for our anniversary. And it was kind of like one of those. Uh, super tacky like themed hotels and the only channel they had in the room was playboy and was it free yeah (gasps) Yeah. that's jackpot yeah i mean file that away when you plan your trip up here and the only channel is playboy and we turned it on and there was some kind of show and it was featuring some young girl who i think may have been i don't know she's playmate bunny I i don't know the distinctions there but she was playing the piano with her butt. Oh, that is talent. I, well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't real. It wasn't good. No, 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 no. Um, but it was like some kind of and I'm talented, but they couldn't actually show this woman being talented. I think that she actually was a piano player, but they had to make it sexy. So they made her play the <laughs> piano with her butt. <laughs> And it lives in both of our heads rent-free. It's been like eight years. And I think about it every time I think about anything related to Playboy. That's all. We have to find this, this, this movie. It, I think it was like a show, like an episode of a show. It wasn't like a, you know, you know what or anything. It was just like a Playboy sexy programming. Like it wasn't triple X Totally softcore. Yeah, very softcore. So we need to find... The butt piano playing bunny somewhere. If anyone can find it, let us know. So we need <laughs> world's deadliest fighting secrets <laughs> manual and the video of the Playboy bunny. Playing oh, the I piano. just Googled it and I found things I was not looking for. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Calm your tits. Let's get back to this. <laughs> okay. So... So this rest, this club, it's basically your OG Hooters restaurant is what it's sounding like. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that's that's the Playboy bunnies that he's ha- reportedly hanging out with. Or, I mean, not to discount what they do. No. You know, but when you hear Playboy bunny, you think centerfolds and magazines and stuff, but. These are waitresses and bartenders for the most part. Um, one Playboy Club bunny found herself working for Count Dante um, and the World Karate Federation. Um, she too became a black belt. Barbara Kemp would receive the moniker the Dragon Lady. Whoa. I want she that moniker. told it's cool, huh? She told a reporter about her work in the 1968 tournament. How it was open to all fighters, judo, karate experts, boxers, wrestlers, and how Count Dante was going to challenge the one and only Muhammad Ali to a match. She said, quote, we're going to march on his house. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Calm down a little bit. 
No, she's she's all business, this one. Goodness gracious. Clearly, she left quite an impression on the article's writer because he ended his story like this. Quote, she's a lovely doll, this dragon lady. More bunny than beast. As feminine as lace. Not a muscle anywhere. It'd be easy for a guy to fall in love with her. Except what guy's going to fall in love with a babe who can rap on the bar on the Playboy Club and bellow, I can whip any man in the house. Ew. God, the 80s were so gross. Oh. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think it's my my new mission to like put these guys on blast. If you're gonna write like this, I'm gonna yes. report it. <laughs> yes, like the guy with the womanly sounds of her nylons. Ugh. Ugh. <sighs> That'd be a hell of a compilation. <laughs> that that would be a whole podcast that could run until the end of time. <laughs> that would be so much more than a compilation. Have you ever listened to uh my dad wrote a porno? No, I've I've I'm constantly hearing it recommended, so at some point I'm gonna have to. It's so good. I cannot get enough. I'm just like, sometimes I have to lay on off of it because I've had a lot of kids and I pee a little, but <laughs> I really, so I almost never, this is maybe this is bad. I, don't know, I almost never listen to male podcasters for reasons. I well, they, it's a group. There is, there's, there's a female on there. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a group of friends and they're reading this, this guy's dad's porn it's i think you would really enjoy it it's really okay. good i'll check it out. um you so have not led me astray so far <laughs> so on september 7th 1968 the second annual tournament happens i mentioned last episode but as a refresher the full contact tournament the year before it got super bad press from black belt magazine totally dissing it and the champion Vic Ruther said that despite Count Dante's claims um, of it being a successful tournament, only about eight people actually showed up. And that $10,000 purse was a couple hundred bucks. I hate to say his name twice in one episode, but that has very Donald Trump energy. Uh, yeah. Like the you, crowd you, number thing. No, there's a lot in this episode. So buckle up. Okay. So... The 1968 tournament also has its conflicting accounts. Count Dante told Black Belt Magazine in an interview later on in his career that when it came to the $10,000 prize for the 68 tourney, the money was put up by, quote, the corporation that was backing it, the promotional organization, and the World Karate Federation. All that to say, but also not to really say that Count Dante backed it financially because, you know, yeah, WKF was his creation. Um, $10,000 was a lot of money. Um, today, adjusted for inflation, it's just over $75,000 for the winner of this tournament. Wow. So it's Count Dante, no, Count Dante was probably super fucking relieved to have won this tournament <laughs> and this prize money. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, here's a snippet from the interview where Count Dante recounts the victory. I'm going to refer to Black Belt Magazine as BBM because I'm lazy as fuck. And okay. so, and I don't want to just keep saying that over and over. Everybody's ears are lazy too. <laughs> BBM. Who did you fight to win that battle? Dante. 
Well, it was basically a round robin. Everyone had to fight just about everybody. BBM. How many did you fight yourself? Dante. I fought seven men. BBM. Who? Dante. (laughs) Rolf Borkowski, a kung fu man. He was very good. There were a couple wrestlers, but it's best not to mention their names because they're still very big, very prominent in wrestling in the Midwest as a tag team. Okay. BBM. Tell us about the other men you fought in the 68 World Professional Championship. Dante. To be completely honest, pauses. I was so busy watching the box office. Oh, my God. And that's it. That's as far as Count Dante would entertain that line of questioning. Like, all you need to know is he was fighting everybody. 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 And he won. Round Robin style. Okay? Whatever that is. However, the champion for the 1967 tournament, Vic Ruther, would tell the magazine that, quote, Nobody fought in 1968. Nobody signed up as far as I know. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> and that this was guy. the last. Count <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dante. Bless it. The martial arts media, specifically Black Belt Magazine, seemed to take the stance that if they just ignored Count Dante, he would disappear. They dismissed his tournaments and refused to advertise his badass book, World Deadliest Fighting Secrets, within the pages of their publication. They just wouldn't do it. Uh, But Count Dante could not be ignored. Not then, not now, not ever. And this is how, in April of 1969, Black Belt Magazine decided to have a roundtable. It was a nice dinner, followed by an open forum where Chicago senseis and students alike could have an open discussion with Black Belt Magazine. Count Dante included. The roundtable like, dis- it was. Can you just imagine all these like guys hopped up on their oh. masculinity talking <laughs> karate in their suits? Oh my god. So the roundtable discussion would make its way into the feature article for their April issue that year. Um, It was titled The Trial of Count Dante. So it wasn't supposed to be about Count Dante, but now it's about Count Dante. Um, Because it truly seems that it's Count Dante versus the martial arts community. (laughs) Like... Nobody wants to put up with him anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's He's giving it a bad name. They yeah. they feel like he's just making a joke of, of martial arts. And Black Belt Magazine, they wanted to profit in all the juicy gossip and the drama of this roundtable. The author shares in his article that was published, quote, Admittedly, I was wary of Dante more than anyone else at this conference, and I insisted that he attend to give his side of the picture of the carnival freak, which I and others had received. So they're just rude. Yeah. (laughs) Like. They're not even pretending not to be rude. Dang. No. Like, they, they published their distaste. Um. They didn't, like, Black Belt Magazine, they did not do Count Dante kind. They did not pull any punches. 
Um, they brought up his attempted bombing of the karate dojo, saying it hurt the industry as a whole, which, yeah, don't, don't bomb stuff. Um, they questioned his method of teaching, asserting that Count Dante passed out black belts, much like the way Oprah passed out cars. Um, but Count Dante, he came equipped with explanations for everything and he wasn't going to be intimidated, obviously. Yeah. Um, when accused of that, he was freely handing out these black belts to students. He said, quote, as far as I'm concerned, I could care less about belt rankings. If a student wants a black belt, I give them one. But as far as I'm concerned, it could have polka dots. It could be green, yellow, purple. Karate is a fighting art. And that's what's most important to me. The fighting art. I'm interested in whether my student can defend himself when attacked. And I don't mean by pulling any punches. The streets are where you learn whether or not you can fight. Not tournaments when they can pull their punches. I know plenty of guys who have black belts who couldn't defend themselves when they got into a street fight. Okay, but that's not how this works. No. (laughs) Jesus. The April 1969 article received so much reader feedback that a follow-up was published that July called... Dante's Inferno. (laughs) Black Belt Magazine, quote, immediately sought out Count Dante because, duh, his shit sells. Um, But beep, you've reached the answering machine of Count Dante. I'm not doing badass (laughs) shit. Leave a message and I'll get back to you. Never. (laughs) Seriously, though, they could not find Count Dante anywhere. Damn. So where in the world... Is Count Dante. Maybe he's with Carmen San Diego. You're exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Black Belt Magazine was told they wouldn't be able to reach him because he was vacationing in Central America on a business commitment. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But when you say it like that, you're totally mixing business with pleasure. I told you he was with Carmen San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) You're psychic. Wow. Okay. Um, this was totally true because a caller named Pedro Gonzalez and his suspicious accent verified it for the magazine. <laughs> he told them that Count Dante had been shot in Mexico City while teaching Cuban troops there. Oh. Pedro hung up when the writer tried to talk to him in Spanish. I mean, everybody's a spy, though, so you can't take any chances. Jesus. There's your... Didn't Donald Trump do that, too? You know, didn't he used to call like tabloids? I don't, I think about himself, but like it's just, it's so very on brand for him that I'm not even sure if he did or if that just so strongly (laughs) seems like something he would have done. God. Mm. So things are a little quiet for the next year until the following April rolls around and all hell breaks loose. There are a gazillion different accounts on what happens next. All right. So I'm just going to piece it together the best way I can based on all the different versions that are out there. Um, right now we're going to dive into what is famously known as Count Dante and the Dojo Wars. This is like what he's known for right now. Okay. So people that are familiar with him, it's the Dojo Wars. 
A chunk of the information I pulled um, was from this book uh, that I got. It's called When Corruption Was King. It's by Robert Cooley. Robert Cooley, we're going to call him Bob, though, because that's how he refers to himself in his memoir. Um, He was a Chicago lawyer with a pretty intense resume. Bob's clientele was the Chicago Mafia. Oh, wow. Back in the day. Um, The book details how Bob went from lawyer to, um, for the Chicago outfit, to a federal informant, ultimately bringing down the crime family as a star witness in their trials. It's pretty much like what you would expect from a mob book. Um, He's kind of full of himself a little (laughs) bit, but I don't know. I I did. I really did enjoy it. Um, But he has a whole chapter just on Count Dante. So like if you just want to like dig into that part, it's like chapter, I think it's like chapter four, chapter five. Um, where he like digs into meeting Count Dante. Also, while I was like looking up stuff for this, um, the reason why I got this book, I saw that in 2011, Mark Wahlberg actually came on board to produce the movie for this book. Oh, and, and it's like this? 2011. So it's okay. 10 years ago. He yeah. signed to produce, um, I don't know what happened, why I got derailed, but, like, we have to get, like, Mark Wahlberg to... Okay, but who should play Count Dante? That's what I'm saying. Like, I want to see Count Dante on a big screen, and I know who I want. I know I know who I want. Um, I know who but... I want. Oh, what is his name? I want Jack Black. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You're just wrong. Yes. How do you know mine's wrong? I haven't because it's not Jack Black and it could only be Jack Black. No. What is his fucking name? Hold on. I think I know what it is. I just want to double check. Danny McBride. Danny McBride. I don't, hold on. Let me Google. Danny McBride You're is wrong, who I but think. let me Google. Oh, I'm not wrong. Jack Black is just... I mean, yeah, but no. Yes. Like, he'd I'm be telling fine, you. but... Uh, we'll okay. have to take a poll. Yeah, we will. You, you, you're, you don't do that well with polls. You remember? What was the poll? That just... Um, the Brat Diet? The, yes, the Brat Diet. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this poll thing again? <laughs> Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm I'm a I'm a gambling girl. I like, respect it. I gotta win sometime. <laughs> Can't always it's not gonna lose. Be this time. <laughs> no, I think Danny McBride would be awesome. So I don't know how do we do. I have to like relentlessly tag Mark Wahlberg so we can get this done. You know, I feel like that would probably work. Yeah, because he pays attention. Like we're famous podcasters, he pays attention right? To you. <laughs> Pick me, pick me. (laughs) Maybe he'll even like be generous and give me like a producer credit. Could you imagine? I'll be like, I'm here just to work on the Count Dante scene. Oh my god. Scene? No, we need a whole movie. That yeah. Fuck fuck this book. Let's have a Count Dante movie. Okay. Dream big. Yeah, I see. This is why we're partners. Mm 
Thank you for not ever reeling me in. Never, never, ever. You, <laughs> if you want to harass Mark Wahlberg, I'm behind that. I'm gonna fucking do it. Okay, I'm gonna make everybody. Hey, can you tag Mark Wahlberg for Shit, me? I'm gonna have to get on Twitter for this. <laughs> we need a TikTok. I mean, I'm on TikTok. I'm all you kinds need... of on TikTok. Our podcast needs a TikTok. Oh, listen. Okay, that's another conversation. Back to your story. <laughs> so, Count Dante and the Dojo Wars. Let's set the scene. Okay. It's a warm Thursday night in Chicago on April 23rd, 1970. The strip mall at 3561 Fullerton Avenue housed the Green Dragon Society's Black Cobra Hall of the Kung Fu Kempo School of Judo and Karate. Try saying that ten times fast. No, I'm good. Better you than me. <laughs> the outside of the Black Cobra Hall looked like a castle. Its entrance, a wooden door. It didn't really look like a castle. It had a couple corbels, but that's what the description the Count's lawyer used. So we're going to say it looked <laughs> like a castle. For the movie's sake, the movie that we're producing, mm-hmm. it's going to look like you a and Mark fucking Wahlberg. castle. Yeah. Okay. Me and Mark, Mark we're going to make it look like... The best strip mall castle you've ever seen (laughs) in your life. Okay. I'm on board. (laughs) Don't let the unimpressive castle facade fool you, though. It was completely equipped with modern conveniences. One of those was a telephone. And at around nine that night, it began to ring. Uh On the other end of the line was a super pissed off Count Dante. Letting the dojo know that, quote, a bunch of guys are on their way to bust your joint up. Uh-oh. Shit. What's that Count Dante off? No one really knows. But there is speculation. Some say it was over a woman. Specifically over the dragon lady, Barbara Kemp. Oh. Some say it was simply over a money dispute. There was also the stealing students accusation. Count Dante argued that he and his students were receiving death threats from the competing school. Whatever it was, it finally boiled over. Count Dante called for his troops, but only a few decided to answer the call of duty. His best buddy, 26-year-old Jim Konsevic, was ride or die, and he called on three other students to help. Count Dante was not amused with the extra set of hands, quote, Two were only skinny kids who worked a whippy snappy in an ineffective karate. Wow. And this this third was short pudgy cod. Claude. Not cod. Claude. (laughs) He wasn't a fish. He was a clod. I mean, I was also wondering if that was just part of the shit talking. (laughs) That's going to be my new takedown. When someone pissed me, (laughs) you cod. Count Dante also brought along Mike Felkoff, who wants everyone to know that he drove his own car to Black Cobra Hall that night. Okay. He did not ride with anyone. Okay. Okay. Mike maintained like a flex or like a legal thing? I think he just wants to stay the fuck out of it. Okay. Mike maintains that Count Dante called him to referee a challenge he had accepted from the head of the Green Dragon Society. And that he wanted Mike there so as to avoid any funny business. Mike went in as kind of like an arbitrator of sorts. um, Not really knowing like Count's true intentions. He was there to send in your seconds, see if they can set the record straight. 
Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is just a Hamilton podcast. That's all. No more, no less. <laughs> I have zero issues with that. Okay. So, Mike, he has his own school teaching Shotokan karate, and he is not affiliated with these two dueling dojos and societies. You got the Black Dragon and the Green Dragons. It's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> a lot of dragon Mike, drama. Mike, Mike drove his own fucking car, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... We we got we got these three we got the three little wimpy students, um, the crew of six showed up to the Black Cobra Hall around ten that night where they knocked politely on the business's front door. Kidding, Count Dante kicked that shit in. Jesus, that's also not confirmed, but it's widely circulated. Like he it's ripped that door. For him, I bet he did. He ripped it from the hinges. Oh Is my God. you it, what most articles say. Once in, Count Dante pulls out a sheriff's badge and says, quote, we're from the sheriff's police. You're all under arrest. Uh, and it, Count Dante, your... we all know who you are. Well, he was a hairdresser. Uh, he's written, <laughs> he's an author. I mean, he might have had time to be. Have you seen this man's facial hair? He's not a chameleon. He, he might have had time to go to police academy. Or the sheriff's police, whatever that is. Jesus Christ, this guy. He literally said the sheriff's police. You really were not joking about the uh, Joe Exotic vibes. Oh, no. No, not at all. If Count Dante had, in fact, kicked down the dojo's door, it must have not have done too much damage. Because when they got in, it was immediately shut and locked behind <laughs> Count Dante and friends. And... A bunch of Green Jack- Dragon Society members came pouring out of the back of the dojo. Count Dante reported that 12 to 17 Green Dragons, all with various, quote, Chinese edge weapons, locked the doors behind them and converged. And of course, absolute chaos ensued. How could it not? Everyone was fighting. And this is where... In my movie, I'd be like, everybody's kung fu fighting. Hey, you, you might get kicked off production. <laughs> too cheesy? We might have to. Uh, it's too obvious. We might have to cut that before you make your pitch to Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> what if we got like a really cool, you know how like sometimes with movies they... um. They remake a song. What if we just yes. like did yeah. the okay. instrumental now, see, version? Dude, that's exactly what I was just thinking. See, don't discount me yet. We got this. <sighs> see, wow. Okay. Yeah. Some, that's some literally violins. exactly what I was just thinking. An oboe. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So everyone's fighting. Count Dante blasted 23-year-old Jose Gonzalez with some nunchucks slicing into Jose's head and his left eyeball. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't, I actually think, like, he, like, they couldn't fix that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Heck. Yeah. A bunch of swords and shit are pulled out. A sword is stuck into Jim Konsevich's left side and his arms are slashed. Someone goes for his throat, but only his chin is nicked. Um, then 
20-year-old Jerome Greenwald of the Chai Tao Chong Gung Fu Karate School starts fighting with John, or Jim, sorry. So we now have students and senseis from four different dojos in, involved in this brawl. That's a lot different. That, and that's that's not like having people from four different rival McDonald's involved in a brawl. Yeah. Th- their whole right? deal is doing a good job at fighting. <laughs> right. That's not good. Exactly. No. <laughs> Jim lunges at Jerome. To ward off Jim's ter- attack, Jerome grabbed a sword that was hanging on the wall and then a fatal blow. The sword was lunged into Jim's stomach. <gasps> Jim yelled his to his friends his final words, get the fuck out, <gasps> as he stumbled out the front door, collapsing on the ground in a pool of blood. Did he actually die? a few, die? few feet from the entrance. Yeah, he died. He got a sword in the stomach. Oh my god, I don't know why. I really didn't think anyone was actually going to die in this. That's why it was probably better that I broke it. I said the first one was wow, disaster light. I just assumed everybody here had plot armor for some reason. I did not. Wow. Okay. Um, Damn. Yeah. This really is like the second, like the last couple episodes of Tiger King when things are getting a little too serious. And you're like, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. It's like all fun and hilarious in the first one. And then at the end, people are just actually mad and hurting each other. And yep. you're like, oh, can you stop, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when Count Dante saw his best buddy, cause they had been like close since the early sixties. Um, he said he gouged both of the eyes out of one of the green dragons he was fighting and quote, the remaining Cobra instructors attacked me and I dropped them. 15 year old Erwin Bruiser, what a name to be witnessing something <laughs> yeah. like this. Holy shit. He lived. He lived above the Black Cobra Hall. Um, I did a like a street view of it, and it's basically one of those like old school Main Street strip mall type things where they'll have like the apartment. It's like brick, but they'll have like the apartments and stuff above the businesses. Yeah. So this fifteen-year-old Erwin, um, he lived above um, the Karate Dojo. And he said he heard a wild commotion, looked out, and he saw Jim lying on the ground. So it just totally sucks. You know what I mean? Because, like, this poor kid is going to remember that forever. I just think of myself, like, if I was, like, a kid, how cool it would be to be, like, I live above a karate dojo. Yeah. And then something like this happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus. At some point, the three students that Jim had brought that Count Dante was not impressed with, they left the scene. They ran to a nearby firehouse and called the police who showed up right at the end. But it was too late. Jim was dead. His girlfriend, Jane Orr, would say later on, quote, Jim was prepared to go in and fight because when I picked up his car later, his glasses and his daily reminder book were in the front seat. And so were his shirt and sports coat. He must have taken off his glasses and good clothes in, in preparation for a fight. Jim liked a little street brawl once in a while. I don't know if it made him feel masculine or what. Imagine having to say that about your husband. Like, instead of, like, he liked a nice scotch once in a while, he liked a little street brawl once in a while. Right? <laughs> like, that's just, you know, normal. That was him. Yeah. Made him feel tough. 
Um, there was no way Jim was prepared for what unfolded that night, sustaining, quote, 36 slash and stab wounds and a hole in his throat. Ooh. Jerome That's was not char- where to get a hole. Mm-mm. Jerome was charged with murder and was released on a $2,500 bond. Hmm. Count Dante was charged with aggravated battery, impersonating a police officer, and criminal damage to property. Additionally, the state was building a case against Count Dante around the accountability statute, basically saying that it was all his fault that his friend was dead. Um, Like if Count Dante hadn't gathered a bunch of men and stormed, you know, Black Cobra Hall, Jim would still be alive. I mean. So, but now he's on the hook for for his best friend's murder. Like he's he's got a murder charge now. I mean, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, his bond was set at $15,000. So the guy that actually murdered him got 2500 He got 15000 Okay, well, that's some shit. Yeah. Three Green Dragon Society members were also charged with uh, just disorderly conduct. So we're going to go back to Bob. He was the mafia lawyer I mentioned earlier. Well, before he was a lawyer, he was a cop. Hmm. While he was studying to pass the bar exam, he maintained his job as a police officer. And this is when Bob meets Count Dante. In the summer of 1970, Bob had stopped by the station to return his radio when the desk sergeant had told him that he had had someone waiting for him. Bob said, quote, at first glance, I thought this was some sort of joke. My visitor was a tall, muscular guy in a yellow fishnet leotard and a purple cape. He had a helmet of tight, jet black, curly hair and a meticulously trimmed Fu Manchu mustache and beard. He looked like something out of a comic book. (laughs) Oh, my God. The visuals. Yeah. The visuals. How can you not be Jack Black, though, Melanie? I don't know. (laughs) I mean... He could really play that. I don't know. I'll have to sleep on this one. Okay. I'll get back to you. Okay. We have plenty of time to, to, we got to hire writers. I mean, listen, we, I, what if Jack Black doesn't like our fucking script? He will. Will accommodate to him? No, he, he just will. Listen, this podcast from, fishing post to try to get you to be my co-host to the first episode like three episodes being dropped maybe six weeks and that was 100% because of you because I 100% wanted to quit at that time oh my gosh everybody our movie is going to be released this summer Stay tuned. Trailer coming soon. Put it through the melanizer and you don't know what will happen. (laughs) So Count Dante told Bob how the owner of the Black Cobra Hall had, quote, called him a pussy or something like that. And the Count decided he had to defend his honor. He was facing a murder charge and he needed Bob to get him total acquittal because the Count had a phobia. Of jail? 
He was claustrophobic. Oh, God, me he too. Could, could I mean, not. Then don't go storming buildings you've done. Don't shit. do half the shit you're fucking doing. Yeah. If you're claustrophobic. He's like, I can't survive. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you've known you were claustrophobic. <laughs> I don't think he was claustrophobic. Mm, I, I think he's just reaching. Yeah. What if he was? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't I think never... you could be in that kind of sport if you were claustrophobic because like I'm intensely claustrophobic and I couldn't be like hell bear hug squeeze yeah. and bear hugged like that no freaking way yeah he's liar liar pants yeah. on fire Bob explained to him that he wasn't a real life lawyer yet I mean he's studying for the bar um, but the count didn't give a fuck he knew Bob would pass the bar in time for his trial and so he immediately threw down $5,000 in cash for a retainer Jesus. Like, right on the spot. Imagine just being like, I know you're not a lawyer yet. Here's some money. Yeah. As months before the trial passed by, Bob and Count Dante actually became fast friends. Despite Bob finding some of Count's traits a little off-putting, <laughs> he would say, quote, at one moment, he could be extremely sophisticated and artistic. And at the next moment, crude and ridiculously macho, even more than the mob guys. I know we talked last episode about babes and whether or not Count Dante had game. (laughs) So here you go. Bob also said the following, quote, he was a total sex maniac and quote, he was a babe magnet in every way. Why? Do you feel satisfied that you know that now? Because you said he wasn't, but we have. A- I want to talk to the babes. <laughs> I I have some serious, serious, serious questions. I don't know. Everybody has a kink. It must have been okay, the fishnet. But all the babes art. have that kink. That's that's too many. That's a little bit of spank bank for me. Count Dante fishnet leotards not necessarily count dante melanie i don't know <laughs> melanie what has this pregnancy done to you i've never thought about it until i was researching this and i'm like hey i a hot guy in a mesh leotard i could get behind that but is he a hot guy it depends on your version of hot i mean i guess i'm asking about yours I don't have a version. You don't have a version. I, l- I like everything. Really? Really? Everything. It's weird. Yeah, I think if you were to put my, like everyone I've ever been with and dated in a lineup, you would be like, what the fuck is this? Like, this <laughs> makes no goddamn sense. None. No, they're little snowflakes, but not like the rude, like, you're a snowflake. Kind of. Well, a lot of them are, but the, no two are the same. I don't know. I'm a personality girl. Jesus God, Melanie. <laughs> I like him, too. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to have to process this. Probably shouldn't be talking about Jesus in the same sentence as fishnet leotards, though. Uh. Right on the heels of Easter. You you're are going to hell. You're the babes. <laughs> I'm the babe. Melody. He's the magnet. I'm the babe. 
Oh, I'm telling Cody. I need to get a tank top that says babe. But <laughs> not right now because I won't fit in it. All right. So he, he, yeah, babe magnet. Can we, I, nobody uses babe magnet anymore. Can we bring that back? I don't know if we should now is, that I know about this. <laughs> is babe problematic? Can we, is it still good to say babe? I mean, I think there might be a context where it potentially could be, but I think as a term, no, I would say it's not problematic. Okay. Because I like it. Babe magnet. You were free to self-identify as a babe. (laughs) I I just, I, oh, okay. See, you didn't say anything last week. Last week when I was like, no way was he a babe magnet. And you, you didn't say. I just finished. No, he could get it with me. Well, I got the book. This wasn't like when I was researching, this wasn't a part of my initial research. When I found out that I get to make it into two, I added some shit. I was like, I got to read some fucking books now. And in the course of it, you fell in love with Count Dante. No, I didn't fall in love with him. But I see how he could be a babe magnet. I mean, he walked a lion around the block. No, dude. No. Somebody's going to be into that. No. All right. No, I'm not with it. I'm I not taking you, a poll on I, this I, one because I, I would most definitely lose. <laughs> I said I'm not doing a poll on this one either because I'll most definitely lose this one. I am though. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I think you know I am. Yeah. <laughs> so Bob also called, to, just for balance, he called Count Dante a walking powder keg. So there's that. I mean, a lot of people do find that attractive, to be fair. Ah, that's gross to me. Yeah. I can't stand the temper. Uh, nah. So, well, for instance, Bob and Count Dante went to the liquor store one night to pick up some more booze and wine for a party that they were at. I I don't know if they were hosting it or if they were at one, but they're babe magnets, so... They got to get some more booze. <laughs> I guess if you're a babe magnet, you don't need the booze. No, though. no. A- unless you're picking up babes that are not your typical babes. And you want some goggles. I don't know <laughs> how that works. Well, that's probably he wouldn't need problematic. Any bo- he wouldn't need any goggles if you were the babe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so. I'm just going to roll in there with, like, my huge pregnant belly. Absolutely. <laughs> Can I have a whiskey sour? Um. <laughs> no, you can't. It sounds really good. I haven't had a drink in God knows how long. I, I mean, I know out. how long. Probably, like, what, seven months? <laughs> oh, we're rolling up on daiquiri season two. I'm going to miss most of it. That is boring. So, they go and get some more booze. And mind you, Count Dante, he's out on bond. He's from his murder charge, okay? Shit. So, he honestly should be at home in bed, minding his own business and being on his best behavior. But he's fucking not. No, of course he's Um, not. So, they take Count Dante's brown Cadillac to the liquor store and on the door, he has his family's Spanish crest, the Spanish family crest, you know, because um, he's of noble blood. He's not Irish anymore. So he had to have his crest on his car. Um, 
Well, a couple bystanders at the liquor store, they start making fun of him in Spanish. And obviously that caused a big old physical fight until Bob finally was able to drag Count Dante out of there before the cops showed up. Another time they were at a dive bar where steelwork, local steelworkers from the area had frequented after their shifts. Count Dante was wearing his leotard oh. and his cape at this oh, no. bar. And it's the 80s, right? Yeah. Um. So he got up to use the bathroom and he's passing one of these workers and the guy calls him a fruit. So, Bob said that Count Dante actually lifted the worker by his throat and his chest and then threw him through a plate glass window. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how this guy fucking managed to stay out of jail. I really don't either. It's impressive. Um, He did, though. He stayed out of jail long enough for Bob to pass his bar exam yes, and I represent guess. him in his trial. Could not have happened soon enough. Um, no the pressure, trial, Bob, damn. no pressure at all. Um, the trial, as you can imagine, was an absolute shit show too. Bob wagered that since the judge was Irish, he was Irish and the count used to be Irish. They probably had some sort of luck on their side. Luck of the Irish, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I took a DNA so. test. I did. I thought I was German. I have a lot of Irish in me, so. I'm more French than I thought. DNA is strange. Um, so yeah, they thought they could get lucky. He was, he was banking on some luck. Uh, plus the green dragon society who also had assault charges against them. Um, they did not have the put together image that Dante had at all. You know, Dante had a put together image. At court, he did. Okay. I think he got something right. Um, they were unkempt. Their hair was long and greasy. Side by side, whose account of the evening's event would you believe? I mean, obviously, it's a man with a Fu Manchu. You I believe him, I right? I don't know. I can. Is it an option to do like the Reddit thing and say everyone's the asshole here and just convict everybody involved? Funny you should mention that. Oh, okay. Bob argued to the court that Count and Dante simply showed up to the Black Cobra Hall to work out some amicable relationship with the other teacher. Tea and crumpets were probably intended. There was no way he led Jim in there for violence, and he should not be held responsible for his death. And besides, it was just a fight, and any action the Count took was just completely out of self-defense, and self-defense only. Those green dragon people literally had axes and spears hanging on the wall. Like, they're the real villains here, okay? Bob, which this blows my mind, decided to put Count Dante on the stand to testify. Oh. Obviously, he couldn't help himself and went on with his, quote, typical macho bullshit, (laughs) which caused the judge to start screaming at him to shut up over and over and over again. Oh, my God. The Green Dragon Society, right? The Green Dragon Society followed suit and also acted out in court. It was so bad that when the judge went into his chamber, the whole courtroom could hear him screaming, "Quote: They're crazy. They're all crazy." (laughs) Oh my god! 
bless his heart. Okay. So I did make a note on here, like, any guesses on what the decision the judge reached for Count Dante? Everyone's the asshole. All right, here we go. The murder charge was dismissed. When it came to aggravated battery, not guilty. The judge said, quote, you're each as guilty as the other. I've never seen such a pack of lunatics in my life. What were you doing with weapons like mace? What were you doing tearing somebody's eye out? These aren't medieval times. You're both wrong and I don't see a finding of guilty either way. Wow, that was everyone's the asshole before Reddit was a thing. mm -hmm, Ultimately, Bob Cooley gave Count Dante everything he ever wanted and all charges were dismissed. Which I don't know why he didn't just charge all of them. I know. Just to teach him a lesson, but he's just like, get the fuck out of my face. Like, you're all idiots. I've definitely reached that point dealing with kid disputes, though. Yeah. (laughs) You want some candy? <laughs> Leave me alone. I mean, and well, then you go no, cry like in your closet. Where they come to me and they're they're both crying and they're like, "This is my side. This is my side." And I'm like, "This is go away. This is both of you." Yeah, I've been there a lot of times. <laughs> obviously, Bob and Count Dante remained friends for some time after the court victory, but only until Bob got sick of his shit too. <laughs> It all came to a head one night when the pair were hanging out with their girlfriends at Bob's apartment. Count Dante was wasted and the two got into some sort of disagreement. Then Count Dante lost it. Bob said, quote, suddenly he swung his hand up alongside my chin. At first, it seemed like he barely touched me with his finger, but I felt a searing pain as though my skin had been ripped off. Oh, no. Count Dante. Mm hmm. Count Dante was immediately regretful and wanted to make things better. I mean, he just hurt his best buddy, you know. And if you figured that Count Dante also takes his apologies to the extreme, you would be absolutely right. He told Bob, quote, go get your gun. I want you to point it at me. Uh, when I say now, you pull the trigger. I'll catch the bullet in my hands. I can't, How could you I, not forgive I cannot him? with this guy. How could you not forgive him? Oh, I I could. After easily. seeing that cool magic trick, you'd be like, all right, all right. I forgive you for ripping my face off. No, bet. Maybe you, not me. Well, Bob was like, um, fuck that. And shoot him out of his apartment immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the friendship had obviously reached an expiration date. Count Dante was still slinging his book, World's Deadliest Secrets, in the comic book ads. It got a bit of a pop culture push when the ads were spoofed in the brand new Monty Python book published in 1973. It's like a total, they did like a total spoof off of the ads that he prints. It's really funny. So I'll make sure I post their version on social media. Yeah. 1973 also found Count Dante on a new business venture. Mm. You want to guess what it is? Selling tiger cubs pornography oh how did i not say pornography (laughs) he's probably the guy behind the butt show he was selling it he wasn't in it he was he was selling it count became a business partner at a couple of adult bookstores where he would end up meeting his wife krista who managed one of them people did not want dante's adult bookstore in their neighborhood 
But he didn't give a fuck about that either, arguing, quote, I'm a Catholic too, and I believe a person has a right to choose his own reading material if he's over the age of 21 years of age. Hitler also tried to stop people from reading the same thing. Wow. So it should have been no surprise to him when on Valentine's Day in 1973, his two adult bookstores and the adult movie theater across the street were vandalized. Windows were broken and they were littered with garbage. Count Dante told the press that he wasn't going anywhere. Quote, I plan to stay. So far, I've had no formal community complaints and I know a number of people in the community. And saying that the incident was merely, quote, Catholic action at work. And if Catholics couldn't push him out, sure as shit, the mob couldn't either. The previous owner of the adult bookstore would pay a, like a, a tax to the mob. You know how they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Count Dante didn't fulfill his purchase agreement with the old owner, that guy straight up went to the mob to tattletale on him, hoping like he would be able to get his bookstore back. I should mention that Count Dante also owns a used car dealership at this point, too. Or how could he possibly not? It's written in the stars, Bria. I feel like if he didn't (laughs) buy one, one would just be assigned to him. It would. (laughs) So the mob sends two guys to the Chicago Motor Mart with shotguns to kill Count Dante over the porno store stuff because, like, that's what the mob does. This guy is exhausting. His his whole life. But don't worry. Count Dante called his old buddy Bob up, the lawyer, and since... Now, you know, Bob's working for the Chicago outfit. He gets everything cleared up. No one's going to kill Count Dante anymore. And uh, (laughs) Count Dante pays him off $25,000 and that settles that. But now Count Dante, he's had his first encounter with the mob. He's intrigued. He wants in. Man, there's two kinds of people (laughs) following your first encounter with the mob. He bugs the mob and he bugs the mob and he just does not stop bugging the mob. So the mob boss calls Bob and he says, hey, quote, tell that crazy count to stop calling me at 4 a.m. They don't want fucking count. (laughs) Poor guys like pick last and and mob dodgeball. Yeah. Damn. Um. But the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and let me tell you, you cannot get any greasier than this. Some slick guys pulled off the heist of a lifetime. On October 20th, 1974, the largest theft of cash in the United States history and the second largest recorded anywhere happened when the Pearl Later Armored Car Company in Chicago was broken into. Just after midnight, the vault was broken into by dismantling the burglar alarm system. And then the thieves left behind plastic money bags that was like filled up with gasoline. The gasoline was then ignited by a delayed fuse device. So the fire didn't spread because there was a lack of oxygen, but it did set off the alarm. This alerted firefighters, but by the time they got there, it was too late. $4.3 million was gone. Like, Mm. without a trace. Wow. What's crazier is none of the serial numbers for the cash, which was mostly small bills, had been recorded yet. Ultimately, the same time, 
So the Chicago outfit that Bob had represented legally, they were responsible for this heist. It's widely believed that Count Dante had a part of it too. Three weeks before the heist, Count Dante went to see Bob and invited him to be part of something big. Bob, being the smart man he was, said he didn't want to know a single thing about it. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want a part of it. Like, uh uh-uh. Three weeks later, while Bob was driving in his car, news broke on the radio about a robbery, and he immediately knew what Count was talking about. Jesus. It wasn't long before Count Dante was subpoenaed by the state's attorney and given a lie detector test about his possible role in the heist. Ultimately, nothing came of it, and $1.2 million from the heist was actually never recovered, even though a risk were made wow meanwhile black belt magazine reporter Masad f ayub had been working with count dante on an article about him so finally like they're bending they're they're gonna they're gonna do an article on him as with bob count dante grew close with the reporter despite how the publication had treated him all these years count dante called him one night drunk and said out of nowhere (laughs) quote think they're going to kill me. If I stay here, I haven't got six months left. I've got friends in other places and I'm going to get out of the country. I've got a friend in Lebanon and I'm thinking of splitting for there. I'm not at my age going to fuck with those people. Years ago, it was different. I fuck with bikies, junkies, the whole bit. That's how I got my reputation. Now I've got to sit quiet a little bit. So that's crazy, right? Like, yeah, he's obviously like freaked out. Yeah. In the early summer of 1975, Count Dante called Bob to come to his house immediately. When Bob got there, Count Dante opened his closet door. Inside was a box. I thought you were saying box. Okay. <laughs> Preemptively gasping. You never know, Count Dante. No, you really don't. It was a box. And it was a box full of money. I knew it. Bob reckoned there was hundreds of thousands if not a million dollars in that box and he w- he worked with the mob he could yeah he knew what money looked yeah. like bob left not asking any questions again like he wants to keep his nose clean but at 4 a.m he got a phone call it was count dante high as a fucking kite pleading with bob to forget what he saw telling him it was just a bunch of counterfeit money and that's all I mean, I think all Bob really wants to do is forget what he saw. Right. Krista, Count Dante's wife, called Bob the next evening, asking him to come over to their home quickly. On the floor, slumped against the toilet, was Count Dante. (gasps) He was dead and blood was coming out of his nose. No. She told Bob a couple of people had come to visit him earlier, but nothing more. When Bob checked the closet... The money was gone. I'm he apparently arranged... oblivious to foreshadowing with this because these twisteroos keep getting me. <laughs> he arranged for a hearse to pick up Count Dante and take him directly to the funeral home where he was cremated at Chris's request. Mm-hmm. His death certificate lists the cause of death as a bleeding peptic ulcer. Um, some folks still to this day believe that Count Dante is alive and well out there somewhere living the rest of his life with that perlator money. Who knows? 
Um, there's an unmarked grave, which seems weird if he was cremated. Like, none of it makes sense. But I will end this story with a quote quote from Count Dante because it truly feels like the deadliest man alive or maybe not should have the last word. I'm sure he would think so. Quote, they resented Bruce Lee when he was alive. The martial arts people made him a legend after he died only because they weren't afraid of him anymore. (laughs) Musashi is the hero of Japan, yet he murdered innocent men, women, and children for money. He was a stone cold killer. They despised him when he was alive and canonized him in the arts after he was dead. Mark my words. That's what they'll do to me. And here we are. (laughs) Here (laughs) we are. I'm fulfilling it for you, Count. Oh, my God. And I'm I'm leaving a Hamilton reference out about who lives, who dies, who tells your story. I've been listening to Hamilton all day. It's us. I we love tell your Hamilton. story. Mark Safe Podcast. That's who tells your story. Oh my gosh. What if he's like sitting on the beach somewhere? Listening to our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what if he is? That would be so fucking cool. Because I mean, he died young. He died real if he young. was alive, he probably would. He'd be like, hell yeah, a podcast about me. Let me take a listen. He's like, <laughs> got some badass meshy tan lines from <laughs> yes yes <laughs> oh my god he's a fucking legend i love him and i hate him at the same time yeah he's a shit but he's a shit that i want to hear more about <laughs> do you think he's alive no probably not but i think it's so weird that he's just dead and like this mob lawyer just fucking I would definitely Just need to arranges eat. for nobody to be involved yeah. and gets them sent to straight to a funeral home that he has connections with. And I would need to hear more of a specific deep dive on the conspiracy theories and like what exactly they are. <sighs> what a life that man lived. Holy shit. Gee. Wow. Wow. Well, this has been, this has been wild. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say it's been. It's been awesome, but it has been wild. Well, let, thanks for letting me get my passion project out here. Jesus Christ, thanks for doing it. The movie's going to be even better. Yeah, get with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, it's going to be good. Mark Wahlberg likes all those crime movies. I think he'd be really good at it. Oh, yeah. He did that foster care movie, too. I Was that any good? I never watched that one. Oh. It wasn't bad. It was a little bit cheesy, but for a cheesy movie, I I think the foster care community at large considers it relatively representative. I would say it's it's about 70% accurate. Tell you what, the man is hot. (laughs) Yeah, he's not my type, but I can respect that for sure. Uh, He aged nicely. Yeah, that's legit. And he's going to produce our movie. (laughs) Yeah, I guess maybe I should... Mark Wahlberg, he's so sexy. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a God. babe magnet. Yeah. You ready for some disaster relief? Always. What do you got? Um, well, I 
I hesitate to say this because I have literally just started it and it may, I, I may have to print a retraction one day. I don't know. But Uh-oh. I just started Big Mouth on Netflix and it is, it's hilarious. This is so funny. We always have like the same kind of genre. Do we, Tell me about this. We, I haven't watched this. We do not yet. talk about this in advance whatsoever. No. Um, mine, it's a, it's animated and it's basically about a bunch of adolescents at puberty and it's, it, it's very, it's crass. It's definitely crass. Don't, don't watch it, Ayurveda. But so far. Right up my alley. What? I said, it sounds like right up my alley. Okay, I thought you said it sounds right up her alley. And I was like, Melanie, no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> no, no, no. But it is really, really funny. And it it is heartily endorsed by Dan Savage, and I'm like a lifelong Dan Savage fan. So I'm optimistic. Well, I'll have to check that out. I've been binging all kinds of stuff lately. What's your thing? Um, I I did message you about this, but you kinda left me on red as you do. Um have, have you seen uh worn stories yet oh yes we actually did because of you uh, it's fucking brilliant right yes it's we've only so... watched the first episode but now i really want to go live in the cove okay wait wait, wait, wait. you've only watched the first episode we have only watched the first episode but um I did not see your message at all. And the audio guy and I were trying to find something to watch the other night before bed. And he, we we were scrolling through Netflix and he's like, oh, there's Worn Stories. And I was like, I've never heard of it. And it looks really boring. Because you don't read your messages. Yes. And he's like, <laughs> well, Melanie recommended it. And I was like, no, she didn't. I didn't see that anywhere. And he's like, hold on. <laughs> let me go to Messenger. Scroll right over. And I was like, well, shit. Okay, let's watch that. And we did. It was so good. Okay, so let me tell you, the first episode is good. It sucked me in. It's darling. It's charming. It's, it's wonderful. It is wholesome as fuck. But let me tell you, it's that is like definitely the weakest episode. I haven't watched all of them. I'm most of the way through, but it is so powerful. Like the only way I can explain it is like. It has, like, that Humans of New York vibe, yes. but, like, with clothes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, it's based off a book, which I didn't know. Now I want to find the book and read the book. Um, But you got it. I'm telling you, it's so good. All of it. It gets better and better and better and better. It's surprising. There's so many, like... They do some really surprising stuff. I don't know That's why. all I I'll was say. Worried. I thought, for whatever reason, I thought that it was going to go in the direction of the "What Were You Wearing?" exhibit. I don't know. Do you know what that is? I don't know what that okay. is. Content warning: sexual assault. It's um, it's an exhibit that it's just clothes in like a museum, and it's what people were wearing. And oh it's, wow, it's like sweatshirts and t-shirts and pajamas and just regular stuff and it's oh wow yeah and there's uh, i'm looking at pictures right now there's army fatigues and it's like you know that whole well what was she wearing thing it's yeah it, it explores that well and that's it's brilliant but i was like well i don't think i'm heart-wrenching 
but it was not no, that it, at all. No, it's not that at all. It's super wholesome. I mean, don't watch it with your kids because it does have some stories that are a little bit. It's the whole spectrum. Yeah, you know, it's, it's and humanity. It is humanity, and it's really represent representative of just our world. Like, it's got different races, different cultures. Like, it's so beautifully done. And I really love, um, you know, aside from, you know, just how powerful it is, the fiber art reenactments that they do yes um in between each story i I love it too the art is incredible i'm such a sucker for fiber arts um but yeah that's that's mine yes i really i co-recommend that (laughs) from as far as i am into it which is not far but i i can't see it taking a turn for the bad no it's, it's it's good stuff netflix has always been pretty solid i know yeah yeah it's weird last week we both had family games did not discuss that whatsoever this week we both have netflix shows it's actually really weird next week will be our porno mags yeah i mean it's not only a surprise to you half the time it's a surprise to me (laughs) we start recording and i'm like shit 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 thinking about it throughout So we couldn't discuss it in advance if we wanted because I don't know. Yeah. No, I usually have mine sorted out like pretty early because I am a like if I don't like have stuff planned out, I am a deer in headlights. Like my spontaneity is more like when I'm out in public, which I think I've lost because of the pandemic. I don't know if I could function outdoors anymore, but which is probably a good thing, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, I I am anything but spontaneous in my life mm. in terms of plans or social interactions, but God knows I have got a hot take for every occasion. I love it, and I can't wait to hear, hear your hot takes on the cryptids Oh man, week. I can't either. I'm going to have to actually research these because I really don't know much about cryptids. Yeah. So, guys, please fill out the bracket. Don't leave me hanging. Yeah. You could win something cool. A cryptid. You could win a cryptid. Yeah. And not just a cryptid. I'm going to do a whole basket. I'm going to give you the cryptid. The cryptid will come holding the basket or with it, like, tied to its gory appendages, depending on which one. With its meal plan? Yes, yes. Because that's important. We'll send it with Um, a little baggie of food to get it started. You'll want to mix it with whatever you want to feed it so it doesn't get diarrhea. Mm Mm-hmm. Chonies for its cojones. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll we'll get you started. It's not like we're just going to hand you a baby and be like, good luck. No, this isn't like irresponsible Easter bunny gifting. No. No. So, yeah. Fill out your brackets. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm going to go to bed and dream about it. Okay, good night. <laughs> and count Dante. Sweet dreams or no oh, dreams. Melanie. Goodbye. <laughs>
where we have shout outs, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.